0: All of us. So so we'll we'll pray for these this morning as we pray for our offering. Heavenly Father, we come right now and we just thank you for another beautiful day. Your love and your blessings on our life. This time together, we get to come and worship and praise your holy name, Father, and just learn from your word and let you speak to us this morning. And and Father, we listen and we give back to you and we listen to the word and go out and do what you've told us to do, Father. God and we thank you for that. We pray for these needs right now. We pray for Roger. God, that you touch him. God, ease that pain on these ribs, mend those things back together, be stronger than they was before. Father, we know your word's true and real, and we speak faith, and, and Father, we just thank you for that. God, we pray for this Miss Townsend that that Brenda mentioned, Father, that you just touch in that situation. God, you heal her right now, whatever the problem may be, and going on health-wise, God, that you turn that thing around, and you, God, that the family look to you, and, and Father, trust in you. We thank you for that. Pray for Miss Cindy Holbrook, her daughter, God, that you just touch and move in that situation. And, and that Satan, we tell you to take your hands off her mind and, and these things that's going on and thinking that ending the life is, is the way out, but we know that's not the way, Father. We know true joy in life is only found through your son, Jesus. And we thank you that she finds that and realizes that in her life right now. We thank you for it, Father. I'll be with Brad this morning. Brad Fowler, as he's over there preaching God, that your spirit move, that he preaches with boldness and confidence this morning. And, and Father, that, that, that people's hearts and lives are changed. And we thank you for it. I pray for that same spirit here this morning, God, as, as the word goes forth that you use me to speak the things you've, you've said this week. And, and, Father, it goes out and, and people's hearts and lives are changed for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name. And we pray for this offering right now, these tithes and offerings. Bless everyone that gives. Father, that you take it and and that you bless them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. I just said yes. I saw him. He's like, Get me back there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't know of any other announcements this morning. Any other thing? But go ahead and turn this morning to First John chapter two. Chapter two. You know, last week we started in, in the book of First John and and found out. Through it that we can have joy in whatever spot we're in in our life. You know, God, God's not, He's not giving us happiness. He is giving us happiness. Happiness is an emotion. Sad's an emotion. But we can have joy through Him. And that's where true joy is found. And so we've got to lean on that and press into that when those things come along, when those times come along in our life that, that would, you know, bring turmoil and strife and, and different things. And we can, we can still have joy knowing that He's still the true and living God this morning. And so, you know, also that He's a light in Him. There's no, there's no light like Him. There's no darkness at all. There's no shadow in turning. There's all these things. All everything light is of God. And so, if it's not light in our life, if it's not shining forth, producing good fruit in our life, then there's no way it's of God. God didn't put it that. God didn't put that there. And so, we can't blame Him for it. You know, we we know the one to blame, the Father of lies, as we talked about. We're gonna read some more about that this morning. And, and so, hard truth, but if Jesus is not our Lord, if we don't claim Him as that, then our Father is not God, our Father is the devil. And so people don't want to talk about that and don't want to recognize that in their lives today. We don't want to talk about those things, but it's true. Jesus, for Him to be Lord, He's got to be Lord of our life to be our Father. Amen. You know, it's just not, you know, you just claim that and, and just go on. But if He's truly Lord, if He's truly our Father, we're going to, we're going to show in our lives, in our daily actions, that He is our Father and that we're going to do the things that He's called us to do. But in chapter 2 and verse 1, it's a continuation in these first few verses we'll read this morning of sin. And, you know, I was I was talking, I think it was Bradley, Wednesday night after church. I said, it seems like, and I don't plan it this way, that, you know, for the past while, sin's been a big topic. And it's not like I'm trying to browbeat people and tell them you're a sinner you're this or that or the other no obviously sin is an issue in people's lives it's an issue in my life we all deal with temptations and sins we all deal with them, no matter how big or how small we think they are we all deal with those things because satan loves for god's children to be defeated every day of their life he loves them to be condemned or feel condemned and and feel like they're not worthy or good enough to call Him Lord and Father as we need to because of the faults that's going through our head. So He loves those things, and He wants to continue every day to, to beat us down or try to beat us down. And, and so He was doing the same thing thousands of years ago. It's been the same since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. It's been the same thing. And, and so I'm not trying to just preach on sin every week or preach on this I'm preaching what I feel God's directed me to preach. And so that's what I'm going to do. Whether it's the same context every week, I don't know. But eventually, he said, this is what we need to talk about. So we're going to talk about it. John talks about it. And, and so we're going to read the book of John as it talks about it this morning. And so, but in verse chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, My, my little children, and i am he's not talking to a group. Like Hallie is this morning back here in Children's Church. These are, he's saying, to you that I'm talking to, pretty much students. You know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to teach you something. Listen and understand what I'm saying this morning. Listen to these things. He says, "My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin." So this is continuation of what we read last week in these verses about sinning. And, and how we can get sin out of our lives. So he wrote these things so they would not sin. Like I said, it's it's been an issue in this world for every human since, since Adam and Eve sinned. It's been a problem in people's lives. And, and so, you know, if we if we truly love others, we don't want to see them continue living in the same sin that they're staying in now. If we love others as Jesus loves us and loves others, then... For, them, for us to see somebody living and, and knowing that the road they're on is going to lead to destruction, then we won't want to see that. We're going to do what God told us to do and speak truth to them and continue to pray for them that they'll come out of those things. And so he was doing these same things this group of people he's writing to here. I don't want you to stay in sin. I don't want you to keep on sinning and thinking it's okay just because of God's grace. And and God's grace is there, and His mercy is there. We ask for forgiveness, as we read last week, that He'll forgive us of our sins, and we confess those things. But He said that you don't sin. He said, but, or and, if anyone sins, because just as we talk about, we, we just said, Satan is constantly trying to get us to sin. And we, as human beings, flawed human beings, though we're made perfect through Christ, we'll still get into the flesh, and commit those things which we know we shouldn't do. We still have those issues. But we can't use it as a crutch. Just and It's like we've heard for years. I'm only human. We can't say that anymore. Because we're bought with a price. We're filled with the Holy Spirit of God in our life. And we should be more than what everybody else out in the world is. And, and so he says, we if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. That's somebody that goes... Before the Father for us. And we know that's Jesus. He goes there that he said, Jesus Christ the righteous. And, and so Jesus is going to the Father for us. Constantly. For me, it's not it's not just because I'm up here and I'm I'm a pastor now. That he's not going to me more than he is anybody else in this room. He's not doing it. If you're a child of God, he's going for each and every one of us. Because we know Jesus, you know, and God is so big, but yet He's so personal to each and every one of us that He can hear every one of our prayers, every one of our cries, every one of our, every one that comes to Him and, and says, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for that. Jesus, help me with this. And He's going constantly to the Father. Constantly. So, So, we know He's doing that, but... You know, he, He's there and He's doing that for us. But we also know that the way to Jesus is narrow. As the book of Matthew says. I think I ain't skipped over that yet, have I, Cody? So in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, Jesus is talking here and, and He says, turn over here, He's he's telling them, He said, Enter by the the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So, even though we know we have an advocate, the Father, we see it every day. And you know people in your life that are rejecting what that says right there. And what we read that want to go the broad way, that want to do what everybody else is doing, that want to continue to have fun in sin and continue to do those things, but we know it's leading to destruction. And and so he says he says there are few who find it. Few who find it. And, and why that is, it's not because Jesus didn't want everybody. He didn't come for a select few. We're going to talk about that more in just a few minutes. But He didn't come for just a few. And we're not in some righteous club now because we've accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. Because we know we've read this before a couple of weeks ago. While we were yet sinners, He loved us. And so while others are yet sinners, He still loves them. And He continues to love them as He continues to love us and loved us before we accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. And, and so he said, he said, these things, there's going to be those that reject me. They, they are. Why? Because everybody has that free will to accept Him or not. And it's sad. And we want people in our own life and our own family to accept Jesus and live the way that the Bible talks about living. But the sad fact is, they're not, all of them's not going to do it. I wish we could change that. I wish I could change that for people that I know. But, but that doesn't mean we give up on them. It doesn't mean we just throw them to the side Amen. and say, well, I guess God's just forgot about them. I guess God's not going to mess with them anymore. No, he, we, we still pray for that. We still pray for their salvation. We still pray that they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in their life and come back to Him because He never gave up on us. Right, right. So if He never gave up on Mark Carroll, how can I give up on anybody else? And just say, well, well, you know, I'm not going to pray for them no more. I'm not going to witness to them no more. Because they're going to stay on that on that broad way and not get on the narrow way. Who am I to damn anybody to hell? Who am I? I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. And I didn't cuss for those, I know we're in the South. <gasps> So, so we can't, we, we can't give up on people. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep believing that, that the one we just read about, the advocate that's the same advocate for us is the, going to be the advocate for them also. And, and so let's read on here. In verse two. And he said, and he himself, Jesus, is the appropriation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for also for the whole world. As I said, we're not in some club. We're not we're not just some somebody special now. That we're just we're we're better than everybody else, because really we're not. We've got something better than other people, and it's our job to go tell other people. You know, we just celebrated Easter last month, just a few weeks ago. What was the what was the last thing Jesus told his disciples? Right, that's who's on this earth. He said, "Go out." Go. You go do what I did. You go share the gospel with others as I have. You go sit with the sinners, but do not partake as the sinners. You don't act the same as the sinners. Sure, I could go and, you know, I could go witness at a bar somewhere. And, you know, I've never said that it's a sin for me to drink a beer for anybody. I mean, if that's not a crutch for you, I'm not telling you you're sinning because you're drinking a beer. I'm not. That's between you and God. But if I was to go to a bar and I had me to be beer and I start telling somebody about Jesus, they're going to look at me like, so I can do what you're doing and there's nothing wrong with it. I can just keep on coming up here to the bar and club every every weekend and drink. And God still, He's going to forgive me. Well, He will. But I'm not showing that light because I'm doing what everybody else is doing. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't go sit with the sinners and partake and do everything the sinners was doing. No, I believe Jesus was sitting with the sinners, telling them there's a better way. Telling them that this stuff that they're doing, that's only a temporary happiness, you can find it more through me, and don't have to do all this. Don't have to deal with all the repercussions of everything else. And and so, if we're going to be different, let's be different as Jesus was. In Romans 8, 34, Jesus He's appropriation for our sin, and I said He's going to advocate, going to the Father. And He says, who is He who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is also risen? So Christ is not condemning us. In Romans 8, 1, as we've read numerous times, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So those thoughts of condemnation that's in your head because you've done this or that or or, you know, Satan's reminding you of something in your past, and you don't, God had not forgiven you for that, or this, that, and the other. That's all of Satan. God is not condemning anybody. The Holy Spirit quickens us and our hearts. Those negative thoughts, they're not coming from God. God's not telling us that He didn't forgive us for something we asked forgiveness for five or ten years ago. Or even five or ten minutes ago. That's all of the devil. That's all lies of the devil. So Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Intercession. He's interceding on our behalf at all times. Every day, all day long, interceding for us. Let that sink in for a second. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one the one that we say that is our Father, because He's Lord of our life, is the one that's constantly going to God on our behalf. For each and every one. Going to God for us. If, I mean that's, that should that should make you happy. That should make you glad that I serve a God, that I serve Jesus, that He can go to God and do those things for me, even when I don't deserve it, Amen. even when He shouldn't do it, because I feel like that I failed every day to to do what He's called me to do. But yet He said, no, 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 don't don't beat yourself up because I'm not beating yourself up. We don't take it serious enough that our Jesus, who did all this for us, continues to go to God for us, continues to let us live the life that we live every day in a blessed nation and a blessed life, and and we don't, we don't we take that for granted so much that we can't see past our own selves, we can't see what He's done for us. In Hebrews chapter seven, and verse twenty-four. He says, therefore, He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him. There's only one way to God, that's through Jesus. But He's able to save to the uttermost. So those that we prayed for, those that we continue to pray for, he, when they come to that saving knowledge of Jesus, we claim that. He's saving to the uttermost. He saved us. He continued to save us every day to the uttermost. He said since He always lives to make intercession, to make intercession for them. Jesus is in heaven making intercession for all of us. But He, Jesus, because He continues forever, has has an unchangeable priesthood. He's doing this and He cannot change. He will not change. He'll continue to do those things every day for us. He's able to save. He's willing to save. And He wants to save all. He wants to save everybody that calls on the name of Jesus, and He will do that. We confess our sins. We read it last week. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all wrongdoing. He's able to do that and wants to. What's stopping Him? Us. We're stopping Him. We're stopping His Spirit from in here getting out there. We're stopping His Word here getting out there because we sit here... And we don't make a sound. We don't make a noise. And we don't do anything. We go out there we do the same thing. We don't carry His Word as we're supposed to. He's able to save the whole world. He came for everybody. I don't believe in predestination. I don't believe that He predestined people on this earth that He created to stay on that broad road. I don't believe He done that. If he did, why, you know, what makes us so special? That he said, no, you're going to come over here in my narrow road, and those are going to die and go to hell. The only reason people are dying and going to hell is because they rejected the Word of God, and they rejected God in their life. That's why they're dying and going to hell. Not because of predestination, not because, you know, there's, there's religions that teach that, that there's only a certain amount that God predestined to go to heaven. And the rest of you, you're going to have to stay down here and be an earthly saint. I'm sorry you're not part of that number some 144,000 or something that's going to heaven and the rest of you's here but but that's not, I don't believe that's what God done at all because he didn't say to the just to those people that he predestined just to those ones that are going to be heavenly saints i go to make a I prepare a place for you no he prepared a place for all of us all of us that come to him and accept him as our lord and savior And and so in Romans after eight and verse twenty nine. If you hadn't read Romans eight in a while, it'd do you good to read that whole chapter. A whole chapter of blessing from, from the start of verse one to the end of it. But in chapter eight and verse twenty nine it says, For whom he for for whom he foreknew, there is not a person that's ever been on this earth who ever will be that God, that surprised God that they're here. He didn't like, I didn't know, I didn't know he was going to be here. I didn't realize that. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I don't remember creating that in that womb of that woman. I didn't remember that. He says, so, so God knows everybody that's ever been is here right now or ever will be on this earth. He knows. He's not, he's not surprised by any of it. And so he foreknew us, this and this. He also predestined us to be conformed in the image of his son. So He predestined us, yes, what? To be conformed in the image of His Son. If He foreknew everybody, then everybody's predestined to come to Him. All they got to do is accept Him. He said that He might be the firstborn born among the brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, He also called. So if He foreknew us and He predestined us and made the an image of His Son, then we are called. Called to be what? Called to be children of God. Called to be workers in the kingdom called to do those things that he's, that he's told us to do. That's what we're called to do. He's called each and every one of us. Different gifts, different things. But He's called us. He said, Whom He called, He has also justified. So He's called us. We come to Him. He justifies us through His blood, through His grace, through His mercy. Whom He justified, He also glorified. So that means now you, you've you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. You are worthy to call Him Lord. You are worthy now in His sight to do the things he's called you to do you are worthy to do that no matter what anybody else around you family friends and especially the devil the father of lies that we read last week tells you you are worthy to do that no matter your past no matter what's happened no matter what's going on you're worthy to do those things so he's also glorified us so that's that's my thing on predestination He didn't predestine some to die and go to hell and others to be saved and go to heaven. He predestined all of us to come to the saving knowledge of Him and predestined all of us to call on His name. It's just that free will that He gave everybody when He created us, whether we do it or not. So, we continue to pray. Continue to pray for others. God's called all of us. Amen. Amen. So Jesus died for the whole world. He died for everybody's sins. Verse 3. It says in First John chapter 2 and verse 3. Go back there. If you turned away. It says, Now by this. By what? By this. By Him being the appropriation of our sins. The Advocate. Everything for us. By this we know. By this we know. That we know Him. We know Him. Do we truly know Jesus? I titled this, I know him. Do you know him? Do you know him as 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 somebody besides just a religion this morning? Is he somebody that that is more personal to you than just just what we're just gonna to go to church because it's a thing to do? Is it somebody that you talk to every day? Somebody you spend time with every day? Is he that person to you or just somebody that it's just a religion to where we do this on Sunday mornings and come on Wednesday night and, and do those things. Because that's where a lot of people in church are today. It's just a religion. It's I mean, it's sad that, you know, other religions are more radical serving a dead God than Christians, as we call ourselves, us are serving a live God. Because they get worship and praise for you know, every day at a certain time bowing down and doing their thing toward the east or however they do it. You know, that's okay. We get we get condemned and tore down for doing those things out loud and out public. Why? They're serving a dead God. What they serve doesn't matter. They're not, their God's not coming back to save them. Whatever other God they serve is not coming back like ours is. They're not coming back for them, but yet we're the ones that's quiet out there. Most of us are quiet in here. Most of us can't even clap our hands and sing praises to God. And I'm not talking about everybody in here. This is just our Western civilization church as a whole. Because, or Or we'll get loud in here and still stay quiet out there. Because it's easy to get loud in here. It's easy to do those things. But do we truly know Him this morning? He said, if we do know Him, we'll keep His commandments. You know, the the definition of the word know. I think there's a slide for that, Cody. To have the understanding of. To have the understanding of. To recognize the nature of, to be acquainted or familiar with. To have the experience of. So with Jesus, if we truly know Him, then we're going to, sure, a lot of people have a lot of head knowledge of Jesus who he was because there's a whole book wrote about him there's you know and so people just think it's a history lesson on some things and but we have an understanding of and we have a head knowledge but do we have a heart knowledge and even Christians can have a head knowledge of Jesus because why because they're not spending time with him intimately as their Lord and Savior they're not spending that time to do that there's thousands of marriages that have been split up because the man and the woman did not know each other because they did not spend time together. They didn't talk together. They didn't do things together. They did everything separate. That She had her friends. He had his friends. And the next thing you know, they're split up. Why? Because they didn't know each other. They come home to, to each other and then didn't know what to say. Or they spend so much time with their children that their children are elevated above their spouse. And then when the children leave, they get divorced because they don't know how to talk to each other. Because they never spent time. Their their common denominator was their children, not each other, not God in their life, not God in their marriage, so they didn't know how to do those things. So they ended up splitting up. Why? Because they didn't know each other intimately as they were supposed to, as the Bible's laid down. But we've heard it here for years. You know, God, our first priority in life is to have an intimate, personal, eternal relationship with our Lord and Savior. That's our number one. All these others will fall into place if that's our number one. Right. So to do that, to have that kind of intimate relationship with him, we have to know him. Right. If I didn't know Gabby nearly 24 years under our marriage, then I'm in, I'm in bad problems. I got problems. Yeah. I do. But fortunately, I don't talk to her as much as I'm supposed to. I know that. Guys fall short with that, a lot of guys. We're good at listening sometimes. And we're good with talking with other guys because that's easy because we talk sports, fishing, work, whatever going on. And most spouses, most women in the marriage do not care about football. I want to talk about it all the time. I want to talk about work all the time or what you do at work because she don't understand what I do so I can't just, "Hey, you know, I I, you know, perform vibration analysis on this thing today." And she's like, "What? <laughs> Who cares?" So she's not like that. She'll listen to me. She don't know what I'm talking about, but she'll listen. But, you know, we've got to talk about things that are in common with each other and listen to each other. And, and so, when we talk to Jesus, we're just talking to Him like we talk to other people. We don't have to go to Him and we know this like the King James with the these and the vows and the most holy and, and do all this right here and, you know, 35 Hail Marys and all that kind of stuff. We don't have to do those things to come to Jesus. We don't have to do that. We can just go to God and talk. He created us in His likeness and in His image for us to worship and praise Him. That's why He created us, so we can have a relationship with us. And the only way is if we know Him, we recognize Him, we we, we recognize the nature of Him, have the understanding of Him. And the only way we're going to have a true understanding of Him is to get in the Word of God and find out what He says through this Word to us each and every day. Because I promise you can read the same verse every day, and every day you're going to re-reveal something new out of that that God has for you in your life. If you, don't, if you don't believe me, try Try And then if it doesn't work, you can come back and say, that don't work, Mark. You know what you're talking about. I'll tell you to go read it again. And ask God to show you something new today that you didn't know yesterday. And when you do that, in faith, He's gonna show you and reveal to you things in your life out of whatever you read that can help partake to your life and pertain to it that day. So we gotta be acquainted and familiar with, with Jesus our Lord. And we gotta know Him. And if we know Him, we're gonna keep His commandments. We're gonna do the things that He's told us to do. You know, we're, on Wednesday nights, we just started last week a new series by Tony Evans called The Power of Knowing God. The power of knowing God in our life. And, and so, you know, through that, he talks about and uses it as knowing God intimately. And he says that in there. You know, we read in the Old Testament how, you know, when, when Adam and Eve, he said Adam knew his wife. That means they were intimate with each other. That means they done what married couples do and stays in marriage, and that's where it should happen first and no other place but marriage. Not before marriage, not just because you're two consenting adults doing whatever. It should be in marriage. Yeah. And marriage comes when, we, when vows are taken before God and not just a piece of paper. And I'm not saying anything about you because y'all did the vows before God. But... You can go, everybody didn't know, and I'm sure you do, you can go to the courthouse, get a piece of paper, and go get it notarized. And the minister has to be nowhere in it. God has to be nowhere in it. And you can just, you're married by the state of Alabama. You can do those things. And Arianna didn't do that. She had to go get the paperwork, get it notarized. But then her and Trevor did have say vows, and, you know, and we prayed, and they're married. She's going to be going off to Japan here in a couple of months for three years. So be good times for her and her husband. It will not be for her mama. <laughs> so, or me. I'll miss her too. I will. And her grandparents and so Right, everybody will. And so let's let's go back. If we truly know we're going to keep his commandments. And what's the what's the greatest commandment Jesus told us before all the thou shalt not kill, Still, he said that you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Right. And the second is like unto it, you love your neighbor as yourself. And so we get those two right, we can keep all the rest of them. But if we love Him, we know Him, we're going to keep His commandments and we're going to, we're going to love others. We're going to love Him as we should and we're going to love others as we should. Verse 4. It says, He who says, I know Him. And that's in quotation. I know Him. When I read this this past week, I like the Christmas movie Elf. I don't know if everybody's ever seen Elf. Will Ferrell, it's great. I watch it numerous times every Christmas. Numerous. And got a shirt with Will Ferrell's face on it. And It's when, you know, if you've never, everybody's seen it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Most everybody. So so I'll, I'll just, this part where he's in the store, he's in Kringles, right? Ain't that the name of it? Gimble's, Gimbals. Gimbals. He's in the store, and the manager comes out and says, "Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming." And well, first I know him, I know him. How how could he say that? I mean, it's silly. You know, nobody's ever seen Santa Claus. We know that, but he could say that because he spent time with him, didn't he? He spent time with him at the North Pole, and I, I know him being silly, but still, he spent time with him. He 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 ate with him. He he you know. Done these other things with him to say he could know him, he knew it, and he knew when the impostor come in, didn't he? Right. He knew when the when the uh, when the guy sitting on the, you know, it was supposed to be Santa the next morning, it wasn't Santa. He said, "You sit on a throne of lies. You smell like beef and cheese or something like that. It's hilarious. He haven't seen it? Watch it. It's about the only clean, well, movie that there is with no language in it whatsoever, but." You know, and, and he told he told the fake Santa that he wasn't him. Why? Because he knew the real Santa. He thought. So if we know the real God and the real Jesus in our life, we'll be able to see the fake ones that come along. We'll be able to see the the false teachers that Jesus talked about that are coming in these end times, and we'll be able to discern and know that no, that's not my Savior. He's not talking about my Lord. He's talking about some other thing. He's talking about something else. And so we can know these things, and and so. He said, "Whoever says that I know him, can you truly say that this morning? Can you truly say that I know Jesus? Have you dined with him? Have you have you have you spent time with him as you should? And we all, I think, fall short in that area in our life. And and so, but the only way to know him is is to spend time with him. And he said, he goes on and says." he who says I know him and does not keep my commandments, he's a what? He's a liar. A liar. John 14 and verse 15. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if we love him, that means we know him. Right? You don't get married to somebody just because most of the time you don't want to know them. You want to know that person, right? When you start dating somebody, when y'all started dating, it wasn't just... Yeah, we'll go out. Whatever. I mean, it might have been the first of it. And the relationship starts. And the more you're with them, the more you want to get to know them. The more you want to get to to spend time with them. You know, it's it's, it's late at night, early in the morning. Whatever it is, you don't want to leave their, their presence because you know them and you love spending time with them. And then it leads to marriage. And marriage is you're supposed to spend time with them. Because you know them, and, and that's what you strive for. You know, Jesus calls the church what? His bridegroom, right? Yeah. So when we, we talked about this Wednesday night, or it come out in the thing that, you know, Jesus, you know, we're, we're like wearing a wedding ring, right? Yeah. That's how serious God takes His covenant with us. Right. Serious enough, He sent Jesus to die for us, mm-hmm. so we can have that new covenant with Him you know in every every wedding that i talk about i talk about the ring how it's a never ending circle of love it's never ending it's just the same with jesus jesus is a never ending circle of love and the only way it's broken is when we take it off is when we stop wearing his name is when we stop proclaiming his name and let these other things of this world infiltrate us to where we can't see jesus anymore as we should but he's calling all of us to have that intimate relationship and to get to know him as he's told us to. See, so if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He's Then what he's saying in verse 16, and I will pray. I don't think I had to suffer a code; That's fine. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. We know that helper he sent was the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit resides in all of us to help us, to lead and guide us in all truths, in all truth in every way. But the only way we're going to know to listen to that spirit inside of us, if we truly know Jesus, if we know Jesus. Stop letting the sins that, that easily, those, what Paul talked about, those weights of sins that easily beset us every day, get in our way, and we can't see Jesus anymore in our life. We let those things just pile up and pile up until we get to a point where I just don't feel like I can do anything anymore. I don't feel like I can ask God for forgiveness anymore for those things. But we know that we can. We know that He wants us to. So if we truly know Him, we'll truly love Him, and we'll keep His commandments. We'll keep those things that He's told us to do. And, and so, as you go this week, don't let the things of life just outweigh where Jesus is at. Let Him be number one. Get to know Him. Spend time with Him. Worship and praise His name at home, in the vehicle, whatever. You know, I've got... This Bible. Everybody that's got a smartphone can download a free Bible app, and it's got versions on there of the Bible. You can hit play, and if you ain't got time to read it, or you're doing something else at work, and you know you're listening to music, like me, I sit at my desk and I'll have an earbud in, and I'll be listening to something. You can hit play on that. It'll read you the Bible. It'll read you the Bible. I'm not saying do that and don't ever open up the Bible, but there's ways we can do it to spend time listening to His Word and get out of it what God wants us to have. We don't have to, you know, and a lot of people do it and it's good and I I, I strive to have a certain time every day or every morning. But, you know, if we don't watch it, we'll get into that mode and if we miss it, we're like, I feel like I've sinned. I didn't read at a certain time this morning. I didn't do this at a certain time. There's no certain time. There's no good time or, ba- or better time to be with God than just any time. Right? right. right? And we can read something and meditate on through it throughout the day. And let those words and go back and, and read these things. And let it bless us each and every day. But the only way we're going to know Him is to know that Jesus is Lord of your life. That's the, that's the first way you're going to ever get to know Jesus is if you make him Lord of your life. That's the only way. Or if you've gone away from God and you want to get back in right relationship, He's still, if, if, if you're here this morning and you've at one time in your life made Jesus Lord of your life, okay, and he did not quit going to the Father for you, I'm not saying once saved, always saved kind of stuff. But if Jesus, if you know you've made him and you've said that prayer, just because you kind of walked away for a little bit or whatever, I don't believe that that Jesus forgot about you. Amen. I don't believe that Jesus said, well, once they come back. He did say you got to ask forgiveness of our sins. Right. But when we ask forgiveness, he's still going to the Father for us. Yeah. He's still going to the Father for us. So why keep living in those things each and every day? Why keep doing those things that we know that, that are going to put us in a place in our life to where you know Jesus is not number one? We've said it before. Sin's fun. Those things are fun in our life. We do those things. They're easy to do because it's what the world does. So it's easy for us to do those things that the world does. And, not, and so, have got to make Jesus Lord of our life. We've got to get to know Him. Amen. I'll stand this morning. I'll say this like I do every week. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not when you think you're good enough to come to God. Today is the day. So do not let another day pass by where you don't know Him, where you can't get to know Him.